Hello everybody, welcome to The Good Cast. It's a bit of a different episode we've got here today. I woke up this morning to find friends of mine hanging off the edge of a building suspended four stories above the ground. They are doing a sit-in to raise awareness, to remind people of what's going on in Manus Island right now, where there is a humanitarian crisis. Manus Island has shut down, and there are 606 male refugees who currently have no water, they have no food, and no medical supplies. And my friend Jared and, um, and Dell are calling people to action, calling people to, to not let this humanitarian crisis continue they are currently suspended above the australian foreign minister julia bishop's office and they're hanging on a tent and this morning i was able to have a conversation with them have a listen to this conversation share it around this conversation puts a lot of things into perspective oftentimes we talk about refugees as an issue as a problem but these are people and they're desperately seeking safety i asked jared a lot of the questions i commonly um, get asked when talking about refugees and so have a listen share this around and so other people can be more informed as to what is going on at Manus Island and as to also the conditions and who these people are thanks for tuning in to the good cast have a good one hi Daniel this is Del hey Del how you doing Good. How you doing, man? I'm good. So, so tell me about what's what's going on over there, Dell. I, I woke up this morning to see you hanging off a ledge in Perth. What's what's happening? Yeah, we're hanging off the side of a building um, behind uh, Julie Bishop's office here. Um, we set up pretty early this morning. Jared got used to the idea of heights and hanging from a harness <laughs> he's, he's not really used to it <laughs> um, oh wow he's stopped shaking but there's still a fair bit of tension there but yeah so um, um we've got a, a banner above us um sos manus and we've got a love makes a way for asylum seekers uh, banner hanging off the bottom of a porter ledge which is a yeah portable kind of uh, rock climbing device for um hanging off of big cliffs so, Del, are you? Do you rock climb a fair bit? Do you know what you're doing there? Is Jared in good hands as well? I'll, I like to think so. I, I'll give him <laughs> at, at least eighty percent chance of survival. Um, so that's pretty good odds. Yeah, 80, um, 80 20. Yeah, um, yeah. I've done a lot of tree climbing, so I'm um, <laughs> tree climbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you should be fine then. So, Del, we had Jared on the good cast uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I heard a fair bit of his heart as regarding refugees, but, but what's going on? What, what initiated this for you to, um, to hang off the edge of a building in the middle of Perth to raise awareness and not just raise awareness, but really call our nation to action regarding refugees? Yeah, that's right. I guess it's, um, you know, recently become more and more alarming, um, and, and probably more visible, um, you know, the way we're currently treating uh, asylum seekers, particularly on Manus at, at this stage. Um, and and so I guess there's a couple of um, areas I, I come from. Um, one, you know, being a Christian um, and feeling that, um, you know, we have a basic um, mandate to look after those in need and, and particularly people who come to us seeking refuge. 
Um, so I've you know been on board with uh, Love Makes a Way for quite a while um, on that front. And I guess um, I'm also a, a mental health professional, um, and, and recently doing you know digging into it a little more and, and finding the long-term you know traumatic effect of. Uh, detention and, and the current system we're using. We're talking about people who already experienced um, trauma and are fleeing their home country for, you know, usually quite horrific reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're compounding that trauma. Um, and the and the data that kind of comes out of the research uh, shows that it, it's very difficult to to undo that. Um, but there are really good alternatives, um, such as you know settling refugees in our communities, um, which helps me to recover really quickly from that trauma. Yeah, for sure. Can you help us understand as well, Del, um, you know, how you said that it it takes a while for them to undo that trauma, undo that damage from a psychological point of view. What is actually happening in their minds when, you know, I I watched a thing the other night where one of the gentlemen was saying, you know, we've been here for four years and they want to put us in another prison and we're just, we're saying no. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I guess you know the best thing we could do would be um, to to resettle within communities. I mean, having family around, even if you have experienced um, long long term trauma in your home country, um, that's gonna you know that's gonna have a huge effect on your, your brain development, just as a you know in a neurological way. Um, mm-hmm. But that can be kind of slowly but surely changed over time. Um, you know, if we're surrounded by good friends, family, we're given opportunities um, for work um, to be able to look into the future and see, you know, that our family is going to be safe and well. Um, yeah. So it sounds like what we're doing right now in Manus and the, the situation that they're going through is actually compounding that trauma um, even further because because as I loved it I was speaking to Jared a while ago and he was saying you know these, these people are survivors they um, yeah. they're not just refugees they're they're survivors they have dug deep into their soul to survive you know the tragedies of war to survive persecution they're survivors and they're seeking safety but it sounds like you're saying that the Australian government and us as Australians I own that ownership are compounding that trauma. Yeah, absolutely, um, and to, yeah, pretty you know devastating effect. Um, some of the recent research from the APA uh, shows. Um, what is sorry? What is the APA? Just for our listeners, Australian Psychological. Uh, sorry, APS, Australian Psychological Society. Okay. Um, they did a research paper looking into you know what sort of effects we are looking at, um, and and for instance, um, they were. They found that there was up to 41 times the number of kind of suicidal behaviours yeah, in wow. men um, compared to the average Australian population. I mean, it's already a huge issue here, um, you know, um, for our young men. Um, but but this is this is a huge effect. Um, yeah. Sorry. So what are you what are you hoping to do with your with your sit-in, Del? I think um, you know looking looking forward positively is a really key thing at this point. We've heard lots of the negatives, you know, we've heard um, this is not, you know, our current strategy um, is extremely problematic. But I think people need to know um, that there are really good options available like, you know, community resettlement. This has worked for many countries. 
um, it would cost us a lot less just you know in an economic sense um, we could prevent the, the compounding, compounding of that trauma that's already been experienced um, and, and we could integrate you know people into our society who as you as you mentioned you know are um, survivors that mm. you know historically they've been shown to work really hard they're the best entrepreneurial spirits we've seen in this country um, and, and we're, we're not allowing them you know, the chance to work and, and move on with their lives and be reunited with their families. So I, I'm a huge supporter of um, Love Makes the Way and um, we welcome refugees and, and bringing this awareness to, to Australians. Although I have some questions because recently I got in a discussion with some people and they their responses were, well, you know, they're just refugees. I mean, they're, they're just trying to seek a better life. They're running away from their country just to seek a better life, which flies in the face of, you know, the idea that they're just seeking safety. What, what do you have to say to the Australians who, and, and, and in all honesty, I found that there was a more of a response in that regard, just saying, hey, these are people who are just trying to get a better life. They just want the Australian life. They're not really refugees. Why didn't yeah. they settle in Malaysia? And I, I was, I was kind of like heartbroken with that. But, but what do you actually say to respond to that? I think it's you know important to look at the actual facts. Um, there's yeah. you know, there's a few websites you can go to um, for that, and even just you know googling statistics on ref- refugees in Australia will pull up some you know some facts because we we do have. You know, a fair few fallacies that have been getting around terms like cute jumpers. Um, what's the other one people have been using? Yeah, there's a few like that that they don't actually add up. Um, you know, there is no cue. Ninety um, percent of um, people who have been held in detention have been recognised as genuine refugees. They're not people mm-hmm. seeking, um, you know, uh, seeking just a better life. The people who are genuine refugees, and there needs to be a level of. Uh, you know, distress and unrest in their home country in order for that to be recognised. Again, all those, you know, statistics are out there. So uh, I really think, you know, getting yeah, getting back to the facts is really good and really important for this stuff because people do make um, their political calls um, based on, un- unfortunately, unfounded facts. And so you guys are trying to bring that, I guess, to the forefront of people's minds as they're driving to work. And what, what time is it there in Perth right now? Uh, it's eight o'clock here. Eight o'clock. So people are, are people giving you some reactions by honking their horns, or yeah, we've got a we've got a few people that are uh, gathering down the bottom here. We've had a lot of people um, driving past, stopping, taking photos, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I guess things are just starting to ramp up here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we had to get in early, but um, yeah, assuming things will kind of ramp up over the day a little bit. Is Jared available to answer some questions as well, or is he absolutely with some crew? Yeah. All right. Jared, are you available to chat for a second? Yeah, sure. I'll just I'll just hand him on to you then. Jared. How you doing? Hey mate, how are you doing up there? Uh I'm not big on heights, so hey, but it's it's not about us. We're we're so concerned that if we did nothing, more people are gonna die and um so we're doing something. Yeah, how long have they been um how long have they been without food, without water, without medical supplies now, Jared? Six days now. 
six days. Now, you you live with a, a fella who has just come out of Manus as well. Does this make that really touch home for you in, in a real way? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, this isn't abstract for me at all. I've been talking to some of the guys on Manus and um, hearing their desperation and um, what they're going through and asking them to asking me to pray for them. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, can I just encourage everybody who um, is listening to pray and to do whatever they feel led that looks like love to, to see this situation change. So you've been having conversations with people who are over at, Mon- at Manus Island right now? Yeah. Yeah, and in, in fact, um, it was... A real honour to have uh, uh, the, the guys actually bless the action that we'd planned, and Baruz, who's the journalist who um, is tweeting from Manus, he actually ha- had a comment in our press statement that um, he wrote, and so to to be able to come alongside them and get their voices out is, you know, just one of the greatest privileges. Yeah. I read that he said that we're peacefully resisting being imprisoned for longer. Yeah. So for them, um, for for many of them, it's been over four years, which is is just like, think of the last time you saw the Olympics and imagine if you'd spent all that time each day waking up not knowing, will this be your last day or is this the first day of another three years. So to just go through some of the numbers and, and then connect it to like to prayer and realise that these aren't statistics, these are souls, it's 606 people. Mm. It's four years. It's $5 billion, the cost of the operational in- infrastructure um, uh, to detain people like this, and it has already led to six deaths. And that in itself, Dan, is just like we had to do something. Yeah. What do you encourage other Australians to do who are hearing this? Like, what what are we? What are you advising people to do who feel like, well, what can I do? I mean, one of the incredible blessings of democracy is that our voice counts. So, right to your local politician, go and visit them, uh, pick up the phone, uh, ring the prime minister's office. If you are um, uh, willing and, and feel led to do so, I'd encourage people to do a Love Makes Away training and, and take action. Um, nonviolent direct action is one of those beautiful Christian traditions that has changed the world consistently throughout history. And, and we need Christians who are prepared to take up the cross, count the cost and do those kind of actions at the moment in ways that that speak of God's love, that are grounded in love, but are fierce in unmasking the powers behind these kind of systems that mean that the lives of these 606 men don't seem to be worth all that much to the Australian government at the moment. That sounds great, Jared. I was talking to our local politician um, just yesterday, just through messaging, and... um, I asked him, you know, I, I shared with him that my heart was breaking for what's happening in Manus right now. And, and his response was, you know, there's no easy solution. There's only tough options that are far from popular. 
What, what do you have to say to that? There's no easy solution, you know, tough options, far from popular. It sounds to me like it's just saying we're just going to let this one go and deal with the consequences. What do you, what do you have to say to that, Jared? Australia in the past, under a Liberal government, has actually pioneered compassionate responses to refugees. Uh, Australia, under Malcolm Fraser, was a leader in compassionate responses to refugees. Over 25,000 refugees were taken in uh, by a Conservative government. These aren't new initiatives that we need to, um, you know, invent or create. Why couldn't this government, like Fraser's Liberal government in the 70s, lead a regional response that upholds international law? And, Mm. like, we've got to remember that the reason why um, people are allowed to seek safety, and that's written into international law, is because of the Holocaust. Six million Jews died and the world said never again. And at the moment, Australia is saying maybe it's time we move on from that commitment to never again. And that's why the church really needs to raise its voice. I mean, why couldn't Australia's Navy, like Italy's, help asylum seekers find safe passage to regional centres? Why couldn't the Australian uh, government lead a regional response? Why couldn't this current government, like John Howard's Liberal government did in 2005, release all children and their families from detention to be processed in community? Uh, Dan, why, why couldn't this government establish a more humane community processing solution? Mm. It, they, they think it will save $4.5 billion a year, billion with a B. It would boost regional economies um, uh, by, you know, having these people find work in places that are, are struggling, in towns that are struggling. And, I mean, the other thing that Australia needs to do is we've just radically cut our foreign aid um, uh, to the poorest of poor, and you know it's a couple of years back now, but we slashed it by 7.6 billion, while in- increasing the cost of imprisoning asylum seekers to 8.3 billion. It's Australian aid. It, it's um, these peace-building initiatives. They're the things that actually mean that refugees have the kind of safety uh, where they can actually stay in the places where they've been displaced. At the moment, we've got places like um, Japan, uh, South Korea, Malaysia, Indonesia, um, some of whom aren't signatories to mm. uh, the international rights of refugees. Australia could be standing up as a compassionate leader and saying, we will provide the regional framework. Um, our neighbours join us in responding to refugees with this kind of compassion and Dan, I really think it's going to take the church remembering that we ourselves were once slaves in Egypt and then remembering what those things look like um, in society where we have been a more compassionate people, where we have shown leadership in terms of mercy on a global scale and holding up those examples and saying this isn't a left-right issue. Dan, this is a right-wrong issue and we are wrong in imprisoning indefinitely these 606 men whose futures are frozen Dan, they don't have water Mm. like if we just let that sink in they don't have water what are we doing i mean never so radically has scriptures like to bring a cup of water in jesus's name we literally have the church in papua new guinea on manus wanting to feed and house and uh bring water 
to these men and they're being locked out. Um, uh, missionaries and church workers and aid workers who are wanting to support and they're being locked out. And these men are going to die. Wait, you're, you're saying that people in PNG, churches and missionaries in PNG are reaching out and they're being locked out. Who's locking them out? The police are being told to lock them out. There, there is an incredibly moving video up on my Facebook page at the moment of um, the um, local church in Manus speaking out on behalf of these men. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, these men uh, are, are refugees there as well. Um, and it's, uh, I would encourage people to, to take a, a look at that. It's a, it's a beautiful example of the church speaking up and speaking out in ways that, that, that look like Calvary. I was. I really like what you said uh, a few minutes ago. How you were saying, you know, this is a responsibility of the church to remember that we were once slaves. But but it seems to me like some of the the church, and, and I speak for myself in this regard, we forget to look to the interest interests of others. And it, it's like even yesterday, I was talking to Dell how I had this dialogue, running dialogue with some people, and and they were saying, you know, refugees. Yes, that's a problem, but homelessness here is a problem. Like, and they just kind of kept coming back to problems here. What, what do you say to, to Australian Christians who are kind of caught in that dilemma or caught in that way of thinking? You know, Del, I've never heard anyone who's working directly with the homeless ever say that. Um, I mean, you know mm-hmm. for me that over a decade uh, I have housed the homeless in my own home. Um, uh, 15 years plus, that, that's been my reality. And anybody who is opening up their doors to those who are actually hurting, they're not going to reject Christ in refugees and accept him in the homeless here. It's not an either-or. We need to remember yeah. that just as God's love shines on the just and unjust and the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous, that compassion is a renewable resource. Compassion isn't a limited resource. We, we, we don't need to go, oh, we can only have compassion for these people and not those people. Um, uh, compassion does start at home, but it never ends there. Never ends there. And what we're actually revealing in our response to refugees is how we res- respond to the poorest of the poor right in our own cities. Um, so, like... I, I've yet to find anyone who's passionately involved with the homeless who also doesn't have a heart for refugees. Because when you, your heart breaks in one area, yeah. it is very hard to resist the Holy Spirit in allowing it to break in other areas as well. That's good. It's almost like as you as you get proximate to that to that problem, your compassion grows for other other issues. Your compassion grows for other people. Totally. Yeah. Have you had much um, much support so far as you've been hanging off the edge of this building? Um, what what we're really hoping for is not support for us, but for yeah. those on Manus. Our, our prayer this morning, as we had a time of worship, and, and Del has brought his guitar up here. It was <laughs> really uh, seriously, it was one of the most beautiful worship times I think I've ever had in my life. Um, it, our prayer is that people will see through us that we'll become transparent and people will see the heart of God for, for these people on Manus and that um, people will act. My prayer is that those who have been involved in Love Makes a Way already, over 300 people, that they will take action in the next week 
um, now uh, to see something happen and that Australians of good conscience, uh, people of compassion, will also take action. Our hope is that people won't see us and support us but support these very desperate people. We don't want our names to be remembered. Um, We want the names... And, and the lives and the stories of those on Manus yeah. um, to actually be seen. Our prayer is to make what is invisible visible and yeah. for God to break our hearts and us to actually respond so these men may live. Just quickly as well, I just wanted to see, man, how's, how's Jalil going through all this? I mean, he would know many of those men that are over there. Dan, I can't, like... <laughs> Yeah, I find it hard not getting emotional. But like watching him point to people and say um, that is, and say who's their name, what their name is, as we watch the news, and him point to people and say uh, he loves the Lord Jesus as well. He's a Christian as well. Um, it's just heartbreaking. Like it's it's just this isn't a political issue. These are individuals loved by God, and if we could just capture a revelation of that. I think how we respond will be completely different. We'll stop talking about politics, we'll start talking about people and actually start looking to Jesus and, and you know, more prayer meetings, more time on our knees, um, more repentance and, and more openness to join the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit is doing. That's good, man. I really like that. With Love Makes a Way, you mentioned that people can... Um, do a course is that something they can fast track so that they can be involved in this non-violent um activism yep yeah if if you go to lovemakesaway.org.au you can register uh right now uh or go to the love makes away page or just reach out to me on my facebook page and i'll try and respond in the next few days thanks so much once again guys we're talking to dell and jared mckenna and they're hanging off a building Oh, mate, in Perth. Stay safe, brother. And, um, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. And thank you for for standing up and saying, you know what? These people matter and we need to do something. Thanks, my friend. Del, tell Del we'll um, be praying for him and also for for our friends over at Manus. And, um, yeah, much love, guys. Thanks, mate. Keep living God's love. See ya. See you later.